Genre. In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. My guest today is writer, WGA Strike Captain, and founder of the Green Envelope Grocery Aid Program, Joelle Garfinkel. Yeah. And I feel pretty confident in saying that we both come from a long line of stubborn idiots. So, Joelle, is It Happened One Night a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade? Well, I think technically it has been remade as numerous things. One of a bride is something that comes to mind. That does make um, sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Of course it is. Um, and it's also, you know, a foundation for a lot of pop culture references. Yeah. However, despite what we're doing right now, it should never be remade. <laughs> so it's a has been, not a should be. Yes. Got it. Interesting. <laughs> because this movie is perfect. <laughs> there were so many things. So I watched this movie for the first time yeah. two nights ago. And there were so many things in this movie that I was like, is this the origin of that idea? Like when she goes to the side of the road and does the leg yes. thing? Is this where that's from? I mean, it has to be. Because that was like the first thing that they referenced that. Like, refer- you know, the leg the other thing that I, you know, rewatching it, because this is one of my favorite movies. I would watch this movie with my mom. I would watch it with my grandma. And like, and but I haven't watched it in a long time. And I rewatched it with my son, who's five and a half. Perfect. Which, you know, yeah, <laughs> there were parts that went over. But it was like watching it's that famous. It's one of those moments when you really appreciate a good Hayes Code. Exactly. <laughs> but this was pre-Hayes Code. This oh. was the movie that was right before. That's why... They got away with stuff like Clark Gable's chest yeah. and, you know, and, um, and the idea. over the walls exactly. of Jericho. Exactly. And the fact that she was in his bed, like, that was very controversial. So, yeah, it was literally the last movie before the Hayes Code wow. was implemented. I don't think I realized that. And yet, they never kiss. There's nothing physical between them. It is just all insinuated, which is brilliant. I, I guess the only physical thing that happens is she falls asleep on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. And when she goes into the bed, yeah, but there's never a kiss. So yeah, we can talk about, you know, what that, what that will look like now. Right. But it was very funny. So that hitchhiking scene, that is like the famous scene. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Clark is like chomping on a carrot. Yeah. My son was like, he's like, oh, that's like Bugs Bunny. And then I like looked it up afterwards and it really was the origin of like Bugs Bunny and like how he got a lot of his mannerisms who created Bugs, like, copied it from that. So well, it's even... That's the crazy thing that I know, is that, like, I have I have friends who have rabbits, and, like, you make the joke, like, oh, yeah, you just feed them carrots. And, like, no, no, you can't give yeah. rabbits carrots. It's bad for them. <laughs> Bugs Bunny just does it because he's making fun of Clark Gable. Yes, exactly. And so, and that came from this rom-com. That's wild. Yeah. And I do think that this is considered, like, one of the first, like, screwball comedies, too. Yeah, like, the definitive screwball comedy. Yes. And from which all others come forth from? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Before we get too far into this, I guess, Joelle, please introduce yourself to whoever might be listening right now. Yeah, I'm Joelle Garfinkel. As Sam mentioned, I was a strike captain and founder of Green Envelope Grocery Aid, which provided... We're still going, actually, especially with SAG still on strike and getting us through the holidays. But we've sent over 2,100 grants and have raised over 200 grand, which is incredible. It is incredible. 
very impressive. <laughs> like, especially like, oh, this is a good idea. I should do this at the start of the strike. We did the thing. Yeah, yeah. And it did. It started, I kept saying to everyone, it felt like I was like laying down train track as the train was going. And I was like, I didn't even know I could drive a train. I'm but not, I'm not sure I've covered that Buster Keaton movie, but I probably should at some <laughs> yeah. point. We'll see if that can be remade. But, you know, I mean, and, and it is, it's such a testament to, you know, if you have an idea and like, take the risk because you never know and you can figure it out. And like, it brought so much good to people and I'm so grateful for it. I am also a writer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been working in the business since 2006 and I've worked on over 20 shows and been in 15 writer's rooms in every single version, except for a writer's PA, weirdly enough. Hmm. But I've had almost every single job. I think that's a step that we're comfortable. Generally, the community is comfortable with you skipping. Yes, yes, yes. I did do post-PA work and general PA work. So I did, you know, I got my fill of PA. You did your time. I did my time. But yeah, I was lucky enough to jump from (laughs) post-PA to a writer's assistant. And then showrunner's assistant script coordinator, writer's assistant, staff writer, freelance writer, all the things. So then what's your experience with this movie in particular? Because this was the first or second movie that you were like, oh, it happened one night. Yes. Do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Yeah, so I saw it. It was, again, one of my grandma's favorite movies. And it's actually my mom's favorite movie. And my mom is not a big film person. Mom who is the daughter of the grandma? No, separate. separate. Okay, important information. Yeah. So my my dad and his his parents they're from New York and they are big Broadway movie. My grandfather he ran Jerry's Famous Deli, you know, down the street here. Perfect. That was my only connection into entertainment. But they were big, you know, film and movie people. And my mom she enjoys movies and and TV. But my mom is also my best friend, and this was like the one movie that we like connected. And like I remember being a little girl, like watching it in bed and like and stuff like cuddling with my mom and like looking at the wall of Jericho and thinking it was so like cute and funny and so so yeah so I I just grew up loving this movie and then I think in film school we had to do like a deep dive you know and learn because again this movie was the first movie that like swept the Academy Awards and Mm -hmm. you know was like huge for Capra and And I think it was, you know, Claudette Colbert was already such a star, but it was like one of the things like Clark Gable, he was, he was, um, loaned out to the studio as kind of punishment. And so the making of this movie was just, you know, like they all thought it was going to be a disaster. And the fact that it like swept everything was, was wild. And so. So Just to show you that studios really have no idea what they're doing. Exactly. (laughs) Even back then. And. And now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, the statistics say this, but the, you're wrong, though. Yeah. Like, I was listening, I have some friends who have a podcast called Franchiseography, and they did the, the Rocky series. And they talked about how, like, basically they made Rocky, like, eh, it'll be the add-on that we, like, force theaters to include in addition to, I don't remember what the other movie was, because, like, that'll be the big success. That movie immediately flops, and then Rocky is Rocky. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess we're going with this. Well, 
And what's very famous about it happened one night, Claudette Colbert, she hated filming this. Like, she, like, when she left the set, she apparently told a friend of hers, I just got done filming the worst movie of my career. And had no idea that she was going to win the Oscar for it. And in fact, she was not at the ceremony. She was getting ready to travel, which is why when she accepts the Oscar, she's in, like, a travel suit. And people are like, oh, it's an homage to her character. No, she was about to hit a train. Train and like someone from the studio was like, "You are gonna win. You get your your butt back here." That's so, amazing. Yeah. So there's so much about this movie that is just you know like very special and foundational, foundational to rom coms and comedies. And it was a movie that was right before the Hays Code was implemented, which is a very big film history. Like, yeah, we're it, we're in for a, a, a decade of trying things out. Yes. <laughs> Sure, sure would be a shame if we uh, if we gave religious groups that much power going forward. Yeah. <laughs> it would never happen again. Oh, no. Yeah. What will that look oh. like? <laughs> but yeah, so like, that's, I didn't know any of that. Like like I said, I, I basically had to Google this movie and be like, oh, it happened one night. And my friends are like, no, it's an, it happened one night. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if I've seen a Clark Gable movie other than this one. Yeah. that That's how bad I am at, like, film history. I didn't go to film school. I went to theater school. So, like, it's a little bit different. Yes. And so I, so this movie's very fun. I have one huge critique other than just, like, it's the 30s and he keeps referencing, um, uh, 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 partner violence other than that but like, like obviously, obviously of, that's a critique there's a lot of uh physical violence and slapping that takes yeah. place that should not yeah we're, yeah we're, 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 we've moved past that yes, as a society. Yes, yes. but obviously like my big note that i assume most people have i haven't looked it up but like the movie's called it happened one night and it doesn't no it does not take place over a night so, it takes place over four nights yeah, but so how does it get this title that is a really good question and something that I was like, as I was rewatching, I was like, why was it? And like the only thing that I can think of if I'm going to like, you know, just, just wax poetic for a second is that like their actual falling in love happened the night of the Wall of Jericho. That makes sense. So to me. that's the only thing because yeah, it happened over four nights. Also, mm-hmm. that title wouldn't sound as good, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It happened over a, a half a week. Yeah. <laughs> it happened Monday to Thursday. Exactly. Not not quite the same ring to it. It happened over a road trip. Yes. That one's okay. That's okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We can, yeah. We'll work around it. Yes. <laughs> um, so, like, for people who have not seen this movie, so me three days ago, what happens? So, it is the logline, essentially, is disgraced journalist who has just been fired. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. he meets with this heiress, who, a runaway heiress, who has married someone rich to piss off her father. Now, is this person who's rich actually a king, or is he just named you king? You know, it's very funny. Uh, growing up, I always thought he was an actual king, and during this rewatch, I was like, I don't think he's an actual king. Like, he just seems like a... Ne'er do well, idiot with the name of king. He seems like, like the sort of person whose obnoxious rich parents would go like, "Well, our child, exactly. We shall. What's better than the the neighbors named their child Duke? Well, yes. what's better than that? Our child shall be named King. Yes, it is a little bit Kanye Kim, you know, where little, naming yeah. their kids. That seems like you know. But yeah, no. Growing up, I always thought I was like, oh, surely he's a king, but that's not it. Like. I spent most of the movie doing that, but then, like, when we finally meet this guy, I'm like, this 
schmuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this guy's not a king. No, no. So yes, runaway heiress meets just runs into disgraced journalist, and they fall in love. Before they fall in love, he kind of like. They, they keep running into each other and he keeps having to bail her out because she has no concept of money. Yes. And she has $4 to her name. Her bag gets stolen. She loses her ticket. She like, loses her ticket. Yeah, she doesn't. And he calls her out on survival skills and being privileged and spoiled and not knowing how to take care of herself. And it is really interesting because it's like she is, you know, obviously an intelligent woman and, you know, and stuff like that. But it also is the sign of the times, right? Like mm-hmm. women weren't in this position to, you know, be, yeah. <laughs> take the bus on their own and do all that. And, um, and also, I, especially because I do work in finance, like I have met plenty of people who genuinely have no concept of money. Oh my gosh. I'll never forget my grandmother. This was when my grandparents were sick and my grandfather was in the hospital. He handled all the finances. And my grandma took me to, to dinner at Marie Calendar's and the bill came and she's like, can you show me how to do this? And oh, I was wow. in my 20s, you know, so she she must have been, you know, at least in her 70s at the time. But she'd never had to pay a bill before, you know. And, and that's wild. It's wild. Like, but that's just how things were. And especially if you were, you came from like a kept family and stuff as, you know, Ellie does. And there's no mom in the, in the picture, that's you know. True. So I do think, and especially as a single parent, re-watching it, like there is kind of that sweet, like, codependence but also overprotective of having you know the one child and the Mm -hmm. one parent so yeah she does not know how to take care of herself Clark Gable is very frustrated by this Mm -hmm. and you know and I think initially for him he sees it as an opportunist you know an opportunity absolutely it is the story it is the story of the century the headline of headlines like if you think we're obsessed with rich people now in the 30s Rich people couldn't do anything without it being headline news. Yes. And we talk about the fascination with, like, Nepo babies and stuff. I mean, this is the definition of a Nepo baby, right? Like, this is the... So, yeah. So, he sees this opportunity, but, you know, their chemistry is just too strong. So good. And they fall in love (laughs) in a 1930s way where they have to put up a wall. So, like, the first night where they're splitting a room with, like... I don't know, five of his last $20 in order to like make Ellie feel safe. The, the uh, Clark Gable's character is named Peter Warren. He puts up a string just like kind of casually in like the perfect way to direct this scene of like, he's doing this bit, like hanging up a string. We don't really have any idea what he's doing. Cause he's talking about something completely different. And then he just kind of throws a big blanket over the string, kind of dividing the, their two separate beds. And then he's like, you can consider this the wall of Jericho. And I certainly don't have a trumpet on on me so I think we'll be okay just to like give her a sense of privacy and he like loans her pajamas and it's all it's all very sweet very romantic in a in a very chaste gentlemanly kind of way yes yes and that's so aside from like the leg thing while hitchhiking that's probably the other big thing that this movie is remembered for is the wall of Jericho And which plays a big part in the movie because yes. they, as they're hitchhiking through, you know, from Florida to New York, they're staying in different hotel rooms and, you know, and stuff. So there's a moment when they initially put up the wall of Jericho and then there's a moment, which is, I think, the one night where it yes. happened. <laughs> uh, yes, I think you were correct. Yeah. Where she then crosses the wall, and it's a very sweet and controversial scene because she was in a man's bed, which you did not do in the 30s, an unmarried woman. 
Well, technically, I guess she was married, but not to him at yeah. that point. <laughs> Which, ooh, even more. Yes, even more controversy. And then, of course, the movie ends with the wall coming down and the trumpet sounding. Yeah, so basically the what the movie does is, like, they they finally they realize they, 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 they're together, and then, like, we see the outside of their cabin-based hotel room, and, like, two people are like, I don't understand. He asked me if I could go get him a trumpet, so I got him a trumpet. And then we hear the trumpet play, and then the lights go out, end of movie. And we know what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's the one night it happened. Maybe that's what it's referencing. I... <laughs> We'll put. We'll add it to the list. Yes, of, it, of the, it is one of the many nights we will have to uh, consult. Yeah, it might be the night it happens because, like, it, like, the, like the whole story about the wall of Jericho. Genuinely, that might be, and that's the night the wall came down. Yeah, great. So, I, why not? I don't, why not? <laughs> so basically, it's just kind of, it's a, it's a screwball comedy. So like, as they're taking the bus and making their way back from wherever they were, I don't know where they started. Florida. They were in Florida. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> Uh, they're making, like, she dives off her dad's boat. Escapes. Her dad's yacht. Her dad's yacht. <laughs> Let's be clear Excuse about the world me. we're in. <laughs> yes, you are correct. And, like, makes her way back. But, like, it's it's this comedy. And they run into this guy named Oscar Shapely, who basically went, like, the second trip there, like, she intentionally sits some, somewhere separate from Clark Gable. And she just immediately starts getting flirted with by this, like, kind of just, like, bus skis. Yes. And then... Clark Gable comes over and he's like, I would appreciate you not to flirt with my wife. And he's like, and Shapley's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. He's doing this voice. I can't do the voice. (laughs) And, but like two more times in the movie, like we see Shapley, like the next day at the hotel, he comes over and apologizes uh, to Ellie. And then later in the bus, he's opening a newspaper and he sees a picture of her with the name Ellie Andrews. Yes. So he tries to get in on the scheme with Clark Gable, but Clark Gable goes, oh no, you, if you want in on the scheme, you're in. And like Clark Gable threatens him. It's this amazing scene where basically he just like dives fully in on pretending like he's a gangster, kidnapping Ellie and taking her north and like threatens like, no, you don't understand, buddy. Once you're in, you're in. If you, like, if you don't want to be in, you better make a run for it because I'm going to kill you dead. And like Shapely takes off and it's this whole amazing thing. He like thing. face dives into a ditch. And, oh, like... it's so good. <laughs> Like, and his, his portrayal is wonderful. Just like, because like, the first scene, you're just like, all right, cool. We get it. He's the skis. And then he comes yeah. back and then he comes back a third time. I'm like, oh, okay. Yes. Rule of threes. Yes. Excellent. Perfectly done. And I wonder if that was one of the first times of a rule of three for a subplot too. It genuinely might be. Because it works so well. And oh, it's so it's effective. so good. Yeah. yeah. But. It, it, it's early enough in film history that it must be. Yes. <laughs> Like, even if it's not the first... It's, it's, it's enough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's also, like, this is a movie from 1932. Aside from the fact that it's an Oscar winner, it's great that it survived. Yes. Because there's so many movies from this era where it's just, yeah, we lost the print. We figured no one would want to see it again. Yeah. No, this one is fully preserved now. Yes. Yeah. So, that's the movie as it exists. What are we going to do? Well, that is a great question. I mean, so one of the things that I thought, you know modernizing a little bit is like clearly I already touched upon it I think that a Nepo baby is the modern day heiress and so absolutely if we have a Nepo baby marry an idiot to piss off rich daddy especially Mm -hmm. if it's like you know someone that works in tech and like that kind of person she also describes the way she met King Wesley is that she'd escaped from her dad again and jumped into the first car she saw yes and it happened to be King Wesley's car yes so it's, she's got to be one of the most sheltered kids. So my pitch had been that 
like because what made what this movie made me think of was like the Britney Spears thing and like a conservatorship, mm-hmm. and she just has no exposure to other human beings. Yeah, it's like this first guy she met who was nice to her. All of a sudden, she's like, "Oh my gosh." I should be with you forever. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden she meets like an actual human being and she's like, oh, okay. This is what, how I really should be treated. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. That is exactly what it felt like was like the conservatorship and like having someone like Britney Spears. Yeah. And also, I mean, I think like the disgraced journalist, the Clark Gable, Peter Warren character and stuff, like that feels like someone who has just gotten canceled, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that, but great. Let's do it. Wow, that's amazing. Like, oh, okay, for what? <laughs> I could be anything. I mean, I think that it cannot be something like Me Too, right? Sure. You know, because that's going to detract from, you know, the yeah. charm and stuff. Well, especially if we lean into the fact that he's a ski. So we first meet the, uh, the I keep wanting to call him Peter Gabriel. He, <laughs> Peter Warren is played by Clark, er, Clark Gable. I'll get it eventually. Yes. Uh, he's like, there's like, a, he's like th- this like group of dudes who are like, he's trying to sell a dog or something. Yeah. And he's trying to like get away with the fact that he's a, a, a shitty reporter or something. I didn't even completely follow it, but like, yeah, okay. And so, he's constantly drinking and like, is like, I think that there is a little bit of like an alcoholic, you know, subplot and stuff. And so I feel like we can even go with that of like, he is the reporter on the scene or he's supposed to be getting the story at some event. And he is drunk at the event because he hates being surrounded by rich people. Yes. And so he drinks in order to like dull the pain of having to be surrounded by this many rich idiots. Yes. And of course, he makes a fool of himself, embarrasses himself, confronts someone he shouldn't have confronted. And so he's basically fired. Yeah. Slash canceled. Slash canceled. <laughs> well, if it's in front of rich people, you can't. You. If, if there's one thing we learned from uh, the one, she did the fake medicine that and ripped off a bunch of rich people. Justin All Black made her voice really deep. Oh, Elizabeth Holmes. Thank you. Yeah. But the Elizabeth Holmes things is like when she was robbing poor people didn't matter. As soon as she robbed rich people, absolutely then she, not. Yes, exactly. Okay. So it's like a male Elizabeth Holmes, the one that audience has been clamoring for. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Love that. Do we want this to actually take place over one night? To go with the title. Yeah. Well, because the problem is we both need the Wall of Jericho. We yes. need them to spend a night together. Yes. But I, so I feel like what needs to happen is they, they like, they're on the bus, they go get a hotel room, he puts up the wall of Jericho, which I don't think will work, we're not as biblical a culture, but like, it's so intrinsically related to this movie that he has to put up a wall of something. It doesn't even need to be wall of Jericho. Yes. It just... It's just a, like, a a chastity. Yeah. (laughs) He could call it a chastity wall. Yeah. Like, oh my god, you're... Such a little princess. Here, I'll put up a chastity wall. Exactly. But, like, I think because they get bothered in the middle of the morning, and then the two of them play these amazing characters of, like, uh, they pretend to be husband and wife when detectives show up, that can, instead of happening, like, in the morning, that can happen at one o'clock in the morning. Yes. Bang on the door, wakes them up. They do that whole gimmick, but then they're like, people are already kind of onto us. We have to get on the night bus and go. And that's where they find Shapely again. That's where they have to take make a run for it. That's yes. where they have to hitch up. And so everything takes place at night because they got, they chose to get kicked out of the room. Yeah. Until finally they make it to some other hotel and she's like, I can't see, she she makes up a story of, I can't see my family like this. I've been going all night. I need some sleep. I can't go see my husband looking like someone who's been awake all night. I do need it to get some sleep. So he gets some sleep. He goes, writes the story, writes back, but it's already over. 
Ah, uh, slapstick comedy, mistimings, whoa. Something <laughs> like that. Yeah, hijinks yeah. ensue. I think that that works. And I think, you know, a couple reasons, probably in the original, why they couldn't do it over just one night is like the chastity of having everyone yeah. in one night. But also, this is a black and white movie. Filming at night would have been very tricky. So with modern technology, we can and do day color, for night. We can do day for night. <laughs> like, <laughs> the th- the it version can everyone likes actually happen in one night. Yeah, I because it's got to right. It's got to yeah to 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 have the title and it does. I feel like so much stuff is condensed now too. Like mm-hmm. just in the timeline of life, like things just happen faster. They do. So if we're doing this in one night, that also limits the amount of distance we can travel. Yes. So do you still want to do Florida to New York or where where would you like to set this? I mean, I think that it could be I do think that politically there is something about going from a red state to a blue state, right? That's also true. You know, and I also do think too like why does it have to be a bus? Why can't it be that they're on a plane, you know, and stuff? It, it's hard to get off in the middle on a plane. Well, but if you have a layover at That's a hotel true. and then you miss your, your connecting flight, that is true. I was thinking that, like, especially if she's only been exposed to, like, rich assholes, like, it could genuinely be Silicon Valley to L.A. Yeah. And they're just taking a, a, a Greyhound or whatever from San Francisco down to L.A. Yeah. Because that's where King Wesley has his palatial estate in, Ex- the, in the hills or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he definitely is, like, a Malibu most wanted. Oh, for sure. <laughs> You, you can see he being the sort of person who get make sure he has a house with his own little section of private beach. Yes. And that being something that she's so excited about. He has his own private beach. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Why would you want that? Aren't you so sick of people coming up to you on the beach and being accosted and people taking your pictures? Ma'am, I can honestly say that's never happened to me on any beach on any in any state in, uh, uh, in the country. <laughs> well, you're very lucky. Something like that. Yeah, Totally. And he's, like, a fake environmentalist, like, doesn't really care about, but, like, that's part of his Ooh, brand. Yeah, yeah, Well, especially if he's so disgusted with rich people, he can also do, like, the, the fake environmentalist, like, we have to care about the environment, care about this, care about that, and you just see him tossing stuff out of windows yeah. all the time. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> that's not part of it. <laughs> like, No, you don't understand. Uh, my, my family's... My family's nonprofit organization really cares about the environment. Yeah. Oh yeah, what have you done? We care about it. Yes, exactly. And the action is caring. caring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's exactly. I I love the Silicon Valley to LA thing. Like, yes. But red state to blue state makes more sense. We could also do like eastern part of Washington to Seattle mm-hmm. because eastern Washington is like the like secession kind of thing moving over but we could basically put it anywhere we don't necessarily need a coast or i don't know i'm trying to think of like fun red state to blue states that aren't something to new york because like that like that whole area is fairly blue i I mean i guess like virginia to dc or new york also that's a very pretty drive yeah yeah yeah. that is a beautiful drive I think it also depends on what the, you know, the business is and stuff. Like, if we are doing, like, Silicon, and her dad is the Silicon Valley tech sure. guy, it makes much more sense to Oh, I in. thought King Wesley was the Silicon Valley tech guy. I, I assumed they were old money. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, let's have that then. <laughs> like, so what would his, like, old money, you know, and stuff be? I mean, 
like any kind of like just robber baron thing of like you really want to lean into it is like he owns the rail line yeah or is like real estate developer like you know that feels a little yeah yeah i mean that's basically where the old school billionaires have placed their money now is they just like own cities yes yeah. Okay, something like that. Yeah. And then she meets someone who's new and she, he's going to change the world, Dad. Yes. He's, he... he's a disruptor. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just really just drinking all the punch. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, perfect. This is good. Do we still want Peter Warren to be a reporter? I like him being a reporter. And I think that that gives the edge of, you know, and stuff like looking for the story. But instead of being a reporter for like the Times, like he's like, a BuzzFeed type reporter, or oh man, like I can't, TikTok. I can't believe I lose, I can't believe I lost my job at Gawker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which does, Gawker doesn't exist anymore, right? No, I don't. That's think the so, that's but... the one that uh, 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 Hulk Hogan shut down. <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> I think what happened with Gawker is Gawker got photos of like like a sex video from Hulk Hogan oh, about like no. him having an affair, and it basically just like resulted in like he basically used all of his right wing power because Hulk Hogan's a monster. <laughs> To basically take down Gawker and it worked. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, You could okay. be a journalist for, you know. I mean, we can just call it talker. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Uh, do you want to know what's going on? You got to listen to the talker. <laughs> yeah, okay. Perfect. Oh, uh, right. man. I mean, because a lot of the things kind of make sense in terms of just like they're traveling. Like we obviously crunched on the time scale, but like the moving from here to there back and forth. That's all still good. Yeah. Like, and obviously you don't even need the newspaper. You just have pictures of of uh, Ellie Andrews on on Oscar Shapley's phone. Yes. He he's tuned enough. in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you see, I follow all the the sexy dames out there making money. Yeah. I gotta spy to something with my own family. See, like, because he's he's been flirting with her the whole movie, and then we finally get to the end, and he's like married with kids. Yeah. It's and like, awful. of course he is. Yeah. It's. But I mean that that dynamic is still the same in this yeah. day and age. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, dudes are still gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, <laughs> that's very funny. Okay, so are they? So do we still want like Ellie's escape to be off of the yacht? I mean, obviously we can amp it up to be off the super yacht. Yes. And the really funny thing would be if she takes. The yacht, the the mini yacht attached to the super yacht, and like, what do you mean? There's no staff on the on this on the mini yacht. Yeah, there's got to be staff on the mini yacht. Go after her, sir. She took the mini yacht. Well, how are we gonna get off of here? And there's just the boat slowly starts turning around, but she's already <laughs> taken off. And those are really hard to drive. Probably so she does. She probably does not know how to drive it. And... Well, she certainly doesn't know how to park it. She beaches it and then ter- takes off someplace else. Yeah, because what happens in the movie? She jumps off a boat and then makes it away by swimming. Yeah. I don't when know there how is a she hole, she's she's fast. Part dolphin, maybe. Clearly, Who knows? I mean, we don't meet her mother. I don't see why that can't be the case. Yeah, she could be part dolphin. It, it could be one of like a, a Pirates of the Caribbean situation where uh, the mother only gets to come up on land once every seven years. That's true. That's true. It's really tragic. <laughs> no wonder that this father wants the best for his little girl. Yeah, and and she's pro- and in the movie she specifically says that King Wesley and she are both over twenty one. They can do what they want, which means she just saw her mom and is now filled with a renewed sense of yes. independence. She just went through the cycle. They just went through the cycle. Like, they make that joke in the movie, but I looked it up. Clark Gable in the movie is like 33 and she's 31. Yes. So like, I definitely cast people in their 30s. But yes. like, but that's even worse of like someone who's been in, under a conservatorship for like 
30-something years? Yeah. That's too long. It's too long. I mean, look at how long was Britney in her conservatorship for? Longer than that? Yeah, and that did not fare well. So no. we should not be doing that. No, but, but yeah. rich people gonna rich. Rich people gonna rich. What else do we need? <sighs> because I feel like we need to have other set pieces. Yes. Yeah, and the other set pieces, and I also, like, the other thing that I was thinking a lot about is the fact that, you know, again, we talked about the Hayes Code and what that meant and stuff. But if we're going to take that version and do it now, like, what kind of movie does that look like? Yeah. So I think tonally, you know, is it very similar where it's a screwball comedy, you know, and stuff? Or are we looking at where it is more a little raunchy, a little, you know, like, do we actually see the wall come down and have (laughs) the craziest sex scene, you know, of all time? (laughs) Craziest sex scene of all time and then cut to credits. Yeah. With a trumpet sounding. Or, even better than that, craziest sex scene as credits roll. Yeah. We want to make sure people stick around for the yeah. credits. That's what it's you do. Post credits. <laughs> well, the post credits is the. Oh my God. Like, so is there an element of that, you know? We could do that. That's not even where I was going, but we absolutely could do that. What were some other set pieces you thought Well, because I was, like, thinking, like, because part of the whole, the impetus of the movie is that she runs out of money, she has no money, she loses her ticket. But they're also trying to track her. Yeah. So that means that she's also, like, a rich person who's probably been on her phone constantly 24-7 for the last 20 years. Yes. Like, so the Peter Warren character is going to have to make her either, like, give up her phone or make her turn it off. He's probably going to break her phone in front of her. And she's going to be like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's like, they're tracking you. What are you talking about? Have you ever heard of find my iPhone? Yeah. (laughs) Or, like, she goes and uses daddy's credit card. Yeah. And he's like, you can't do that. They track the purchase. And, like, literally that's... And, like, she could have gone out in the middle of the night when they first get to the hotel and just bought a bottle of water with the credit card because she didn't have cash. She just had the credit yeah. card. And literally using the credit card on the vending machine is how they track them down to the hotel. I love that. That's um, great. And so, that, so, like, he makes her throw out her whole wallet. Yes. And, like, he's like, well, you, you have to do it because you're my story. I mean, we have to get you back to your husband. Yeah. I think there's also something to be said about fame and how, you know, that, yeah. like, if we're looking at her as, like, a little bit of an influencer, like, Nepo Baby and stuff like that, like, she's someone that is seen, you know? Like, there's there's fame and notoriety no matter what. And so it's like, is there also a little bit of, like, a makeover scene where they have to, like, you know, yes. really hide her appearance and change her into something... That maybe she's always wanted to have, you know. You know what I would like? What? What I would like is if their whole makeover scene is her removing all her makeup. Uh-huh. And no one knows what she looks like uh-huh. without her makeup. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. That was, that's great. Like, Because like, she literally could be the sort of person who's done every single look. But every yeah. single look is, like, she's been blonde. She's been redheaded. She's had black hair. Yeah. All of it. But, like, the one thing she hasn't done is just, like... No makeup ponytail. Yeah. No makeup ponytail in a hoodie and like this is what she's always wanted. Yeah. Instead of being made up. And, oh my God. It's yeah. so comfortable. I can slouch. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else it made me just think of too? Mm. Uh, is like if she's always wanted a tattoo. Oh. And like, you know, they go to a go tattoo to a late parlor. late night tattoo parlor? Yeah. Oh man. What tattoo does she get? Uh, I don't know. Daddy's little girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dad with a heart on her. Yeah. Definitely not that. But- Seriously, what kind of tattoo does she get? Oh, God, like 
it could either be like something really cool and artsy or it could be the most basic thing. And she's like, I've wanted this ever since I was a kid. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting my unicorn tattoo because I've always wanted a unicorn she's tattoo. She's always wanted her tramp stamp. Yeah. Like. <laughs> she gets it a tramp stamp. Oh, man. I, I'm trying to think of something with a trumpet, but like none of it works. Like yeah. I'm trying to do like a rap. No, it doesn't work. Honestly, it could just be Bugs Bunny. It could be Bugs. It could be a carrot. You know what? <laughs> Perfect. Lola Bunny. Yeah. Yeah, like there's something very phallic about a carrot oh, if we're going man. in that direction. Especially if she gets it as a tramp stamp. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Uh haze this. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh What's up, Doc Indeed? Oh no. Oh god, you just and like you put them in bed together and she goes, So, what's up? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what's up, Doc is. Yeah. Cut two credits. Cut to, no no. <laughs> Never leave, never cut, full, full, single take. This, this is, <laughs> what's the, the single take thing called when you're like, you don't cut away? There's a word for it, but I don't remember. Uh, I just thought it was single, single take. take. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Their yeah. single take is just like, you never cut away from the yeah. sex scene. It's just, just like, <laughs> best boy. Yeah. <laughs> costume designer. <laughs> set deck. Just, just raunchy sex. They roll over. <laughs> and then it starts coming up the other side of the yeah. screen. <laughs> As they change positions, yeah, yeah. yeah, how you change departments. Yes. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Second unit. <laughs> There's a joke in there somewhere, but you know. Well, the, yes, good. Great. Love I'm it. sure my parents will hear this podcast, so we won't go there. Well, like, fi- well, finally, then we get to the shot, and it's just going to have to be one of their asses and then int- yeah. intimacy coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> Over the tramp stamp. That, that's it. That's what the tattoo is. Intimate, intimacy coordinator. Oh my god. Okay. Do we need? So what else do we need? We know. We don't really know how they're traveling. I still think bus is probably fine. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's she's not gonna be something she's gonna be used to. And I don't think there's going to be a, a jig in the middle of the bus ride. No. That was a delightful scene, though. That, right? that was that was genuinely great. I'm like, oh, bus travel seems nice. It's not like this. Yeah. I mean, for one thing, they had leg room. But also... Oh, yeah. Well, and places to put suitcases and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that is one thing about setting it, like, keeping the bus and stuff, is just the juxtaposition of what it was like to travel by bus in, you know, 1934 versus now. Well, that, like, that, she could have been planning on traveling by, like, high-speed rail or, like, the private airplane. Because she's like, I just walk up and they know me. And he's yeah. like, and you understand why that's a problem, right? No. They know you. <laughs> it is easy to track you. But, yeah. And someone like that, like, she probably has never been on a bus before. Probably. Like, I do buy that Ellie, you know, in the in the 30s version. Like, she's probably had been on a bus. She yeah. just wasn't the one that was, you know. I thought that it was fairly clever that she had another lady go buy her ticket. Then she came back. And yes. The lady gave her change, which I was like, that's very cute. I know. <laughs> I was like, okay. Very honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, that, she got her ticket, got on the bus. I was like, that's. Yeah. Like, honestly, that was kind of the more, most clever she was. And then once she has this guy who's rescuing her, then she's kind of just like... She falls di- back Ditsy damsel. It. Yeah. But, like, it's fine. And then we obviously get to the end of the movie where, like, because of the screwball comedy nature, like, they miss their timing. He goes to file his report and he wants this report to be like, and it turned out I'm in love with you too. And, like, he wanted this to be the newspaper article that she sees. Yes. His proclamation of love all over the headlines. Which would have been very cute. Yes. But... But... Like, you can just do that on the internet now. Uh-huh. But, like, b- by going and filing that thing, he just abandons her in the hotel, and she's like, well, he he left. Yes. 
and so I'm that just was, gonna call dad. Yeah. And where he abandons her too, like when in the plot of the movie, like that is when she like declared her love for him. She like crossed over the wall and was like, I want to be with you. Yeah. So then he just leaves her. So she's assuming that like, here, I just put myself out there for you. And yeah. Well, like, especially because like she falls in love with him after he's like, what kind of woman would you like? He's like, I just want someone to go explore the world with me. Yeah. It's 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 simple. I just want to travel around and like have this person who I love with me the whole time. And she's like, oh my God. Yeah. That's what I've I mean, always he does, wanted. He doesn't have his own whirlipede, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have his own Malibu or, or, compound. I'm sorry. <laughs> wor- wor- gyro? Gylipede? What did they what did they call the thing came the, uh, the I forget what it's called, it was like but a it's a weird helicopter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a helicopter plane. It was plane. also when he got off the helicopter, I was like, "Oh my god, like how yeah. they did not hurt themselves like filming that?" I was don't insane. know. Cuz he was the only one in the plane. <laughs> And they couldn't have done it with a remote control. No, no. I guess that I guess they cast someone who could fly that because they didn't need him to say any lines. Yeah, exactly. He's for someone who's so pro, like dominant in the movie. He's only in it very yeah. little. Yes, but he's a big old nothing. Yes. Okay. Yes. So yeah. So travel by bus. Like they have fun with it. They have their night. That they, they like. They get interrupted in the middle of the the night night sleep. They make a run for it, but they basically have this adventure and they fall in love as they're going on this adventure, and then. Right at the finish line, Peter Warren trips and falls by trying to be trying to be overly romantic, but just utterly fucking it up. She goes back to dad, runs away from the wet wedding, finds him again. Trumpet plays, walls of Jericho come down, sex scene credits. It, yes. Is there anything else we're missing? No, but you know what? I just had an idea of where it could set take place. Please. And especially where playing into like the marriage and all that end of it. Mm-hmm. What if he's a developer in Las Vegas and so they're traveling to Vegas? The King Wesley is? Or the dad is? The dad is oh. in Vegas. And so that's where, like, the the end scene is. You could even go, like, they're traveling from Vegas to San Francisco. Yes. Or, or no, because she's trying to get away from her dad to the to the guy. So, yeah. yeah. But, like, starting in Vegas is always great. Yes, or ending in Vegas is what, yeah. Well, especially because, like, as a means of escape, like, all you got to do is, like, be in Vegas. And there's tra- buses and trains and planes going everywhere. everywhere. Exactly. So, like, as soon as you lose track of someone... They could be anywhere. Yes. Perfect. And there's an element of like escapism with it being Vegas and yeah. So then is she heading to San Francisco or to LA? Let's see. So if Wesley is in LA, like, or are we saying that he's the tech guy? I feel like LA is only like a four or five hour drive. Yeah. And I think San Francisco's further away from Vegas, right? Yeah. I'd say let's put it in Vegas. The thing is, I don't know what fun towns they can stop in on the way, but honestly, that's kind of fun. I yeah. Love, I I'm a big, like, road trip. I love road trips. And I'm like, oh my god, it's a tiny little town. We have to stop and eat here. Like, that sort of thing. Yeah. I love that stuff. St- stopping at, like, if you're doing the drive to Vegas, I, I want to stop and buy and buy the alien jerky. Like, yeah. Great, let's totally. do it. Let's do a stop in Prim. Yeah. <laughs> stop in Prim. Stop at Eddie's World. Yeah, totally. Uh, good. I love all of that. Great. If there's yeah. anything else we need for the movie, let's let's talk about casting. Okay. Obviously, I feel like we got to start with Ellie. Like, the movie's going to list, like, Clark Abel first. But not to that. Ellie's no. the star. Yes. Who are we casting for Ellie? Selena Gomez. Ooh, interesting choice. You went, I think, younger. Selena Gomez is in her 20s, right? She's in her 20s. Okay. You went younger than I did. Yeah. So I I felt Selena would be good because comedy actress and also, like, has had, you know, she was a child star. And yeah. so she's had that, like, sheltered life and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah. That just... That Great. just spoke to me. That works. That's very clever. I like that a lot. I went with an actress I've really only seen in two things. She's the romantic lead in Raimi. I think she's the romantic lead in Moon Knight as well. Her name is Mae Kalamawi. 
just like I was thinking like different kind of old money of like mit, like oil tycoon old yeah, money yeah, yeah. like coming from that and just that sense of privilege and also being even more kind of like outside society like just kind of like looking down upon and like well we get to live here in Las Vegas isn't that exciting I guess you just like go to out to outside the window it's just the dome just blaring light into their like penthouse <laughs> apartment and you're just like ah uh. yeah something like that I don't know I feel like oh man so who'd you have for the dad because if we're gonna be going presumably honestly if we end up going with Selena Gomez we'll probably go with your Ellie Peter and uh, the dad, just because in terms of age and ever, all yes, the spread yes, out. Yes. So who did you have for the dad? So I had Oscar Isaac for the dad. That's <laughs> so funny. I almost cast him as my Peter. Oh my God! <laughs> so that is different. How old is Oscar Isaac? So Oscar Isaac is, I mean, he's in his like late 40s, if not. He's 44. Yeah. And oh, he's only 44? Yeah. Huh. That's why I was like, I almost cast him. I was like, he's, because Selena Gomez is 31. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which means he would have had to have her when he was 13. (laughs) But I also, she looks younger. He could be, he could play older. He can. Yeah. That's, I, I was this close to casting him as my Peter, except that, like Oscar Isaac and May Kalamawi are the romantic interest in Moon Knight. I'm like, oh, I can't yes, do that. Yes, that's really funny. My my dad, I went with Tony Shalhoub. Oh, that's a great one. Because like he, I mean, obviously he's like for all the different things where he's played a dad, but he's yeah. like the most dad energy, and he's yes. also like half Lebanese, so it kind of works. Yes, and just like you can just see him being like, well, yeah, yeah, I want you to be happy. But not that guy. Yes. That guy sucks. Because that's the thing about the dad is like, you know, even though he does slap her in the beginning of the movie, which causes her to. He slaps her. He basically keeps her like caged bird. Yes. She's in her gilded cage and stuff. But like the end scene when he tells her there's a getaway car waiting for her, like Mm -hmm. you can see their genuine love and connection. And it's like, you know, so that was where I felt you needed someone charming, someone that did have that dad energy. But also that you knows that this is the representative of the woman he loves and only gets to see once every seven years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so, but it's, and you know, but also needs to have the gravitas of being like, a multi, you know, billionaire. So, yeah. For sure. Uh, So then with that in mind, who'd you have for your Peter Warren, who presumably is someone who hates that guy? Yes. So this was the trickiest casting. I actually have three names, which I know is against your rule of not casting. (laughs) It's fine. But, so who I finally went with was Kinsley Benadir. I don't know who that is. He was most recently in Barbie. He played one of the Kens. He was also in... yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I also... I also considered him. Everyone. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, because like you want, so I considered him, but not for this role. Okay. I considered him for King Wesley. Interesting. But I'm like, he's he's too gorgeous. But he, but to me, like, because the very easy way to go, we always hear like, who's the modern day, you know, Clark Gable. So I was like, I started there, and I was like, okay, is it a Chris? Which Chris would it be? Kind, obviously. That's true. Like, but I was like, I don't want. We don't need another, you know, like yeah. white. And even the Chris's themselves man. are getting like late they're 30s, getting, early 40s. Yeah, so they're a little older and stuff. The other names that I had were John Boyega, sure, who is also very charming, Absolutely. you know, and stuff, but could play that, you know, like mm-hmm. little bit of an edge. And then I also had Mike Faced as one of Mike Faced. He was in West Side Story. 
and is oh. in uh, is going to be in the new Challengers, I think it is the Zendaya tennis movie. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm just unfamiliar with this guy. I have seen literally none of the things he's in. Well, he is a brilliant actor. I believe yes. you. But also kind of has that, you know, you could see the, someone like that getting canceled, yeah. but also like, you know, yeah, charming. Very much so. You gotta fall in love with him. The guy that I had was, <laughs> I briefly considered Diego Luna, and I was like, no, 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 no. I had Diego Luna on my list, too. I, well, I was considering Diego yeah. Luna, and Diego Luna's a phenomenal actor. But I genuinely can't imagine him smiling. Yes. And I feel like that's important. <laughs> it's very important in this role. Yes. So yes. I wanted someone who's like, we've seen portraying a character who he needs to be very funny. Mm-hmm. And he also needs to be someone who we can just imagine him sitting there with the weight of the world on his shoulders. Yes. And like, this is a guy who's been in Veep. He's been in I Think You Should Leave. And most recently I've been watching him in After Party. And that's Sam Richardson. Yes! <laughs> oh my God. Okay, we're going with your choice. That okay. is so good. So the issue, though, then, is if Selena Gomez is 31, how old is Sam Richardson? I think he's... I think he's 39. It's yeah. an eight-year difference, but that's not the end of the world. That's okay. That's okay. Because I, I feel like I'm perfectly happy going with Selena Gomez. We might need to go with Tony Shalhoub in that case. We, I think we do have to go with Tony Shalhoub in that case. But yeah, Selena Gomez, Sam Richardson. Oh, I'm loving this. All solid comedy actors. Yeah, because it, it's a screwball yeah. comedy. We need people... But also great actors. Absolutely. Yeah. It, which is so important. Also, that Selena Gomez and Sam Richardson sex scene. Oh, boy. That's going to be <laughs> wild. <laughs> Especially because, like, he look, he looks young for his age. But yeah. But just, like, all of a sudden you're just going like, gonna to get into it and, like, <laughs> it's going to be weird. Yeah. But it's great. We're into it. Yeah. Um, um, also, side note, though, he's also in Ted Lasso, and, like, the role he plays in Ted Lasso. Who's he in Ted Lasso? He's the the gone-in uh, uh, soccer owner. The one that, like... Oh, I didn't make it that far. Oh. Sam! I, I stopped in the middle of... <laughs> I, my favorite character in season one was Nate, and I so I couldn't make it through oh, Nate's arc in season two. Yes. It's a tough arc if yeah. you are a Nate yeah, and purist. I, like, and I know that it comes back around. I do, and I knew it was going there, but I'm yes. like, I'm just having a hard time getting through this. Like, I stopped at the episode when he spat on himself in the mirror. I'm like, okay. Uh, yeah. Sam Richardson's character, he plays, like, he's the owner of uh, Sam, the soccer player, mm-hmm. like, his national team. Yeah, yeah. And so he, like, vows. He's like, you're never going to play for the national team. And he just plays, like, this dick. And he's so hot in it. Like, I'm Great. like, oh, Sam. Good. Like, <laughs> Good. Let's lean into that. Yeah. Good. That, that, that's so, the kind of Clark Gable yes, energy that we, we need. need. Perfect. Oh, so good. Love okay. Who would you have for King Wesley? So for King Wesley, uh, King Wesley was the hardest character for me to cast. And, like, this is where I had considered putting... Kingsley Benadire, but like, because I was like, I specifically because of the character he plays in Dungeons and Dragons, yes. where he's kind of like the stiff character, but he's still a stiff character and is still the most charming person in the movie. Yes, yes. And so like, Kingsley like, Benadire has so much charm. Yeah, yeah, we need someone who's who's funny, but also is basically like just a big old nothing, uh-huh. or can be a big old nothing. And I like, I also considered like John Cho, and I'm like, I, it can't be John no. Cho for the same problem. Way too charming. He's way too charming, and so I ended up cheating. Okay. In that I asked for help. Okay. And my friend Dimitri Milken, I was like, I need someone to play this role. And he was like, you know who would work? Alfonso Ribeiro. Okay. And I'm like, you know what? The he, like, I really only know him from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. And I know he's like helping with Dancing with the Stars or anything. But like, I think he could kind of play a vacuous, rich idiot. Yeah. Because that's what we know him as. We believe that. Yeah. 
And we just, like, see him with a big grin on his face and just does a big old nothing. Yeah. I think he's too old, but I also think that, like, that lean, like, too old for Selena Gomez, but I also think that leans into it's, he's the first guy she ever met. Yes. And so I think it kind of works. But I... I'm really excited to hear who you have. Okay, so I will say this was the easiest casting oh, for me. I had okay. the opposite. This was the first person that I came up with. I also shared it with some friends today, and they were like, that is great. Perfect. Pete Davidson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. <laughs> it's, it's, well, here's the way we do that, is we keep talking about Kings Wesley throughout the whole movie, and we don't see who he exactly. is. Exactly. Until two-thirds of the movie, and all of a sudden it's Pete Davidson, and everyone's just like, oh, f- a fucking of horse. course. Oh of my course. God. Yes. That's who it is. And that is the King Wesley in the in the movie, is that you hear about him, you hear about him, but you don't actually see him. Yeah. It's, it, it works. It works so well. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's, oh, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank Amazing. you. Um, okay, who did you have for... For Shapely? Yes. This was my first casting. I was okay. like, oh, well, obviously. So we need someone who's... Just a schmuck. Uh-huh. But, like, who can be, like, we can see him give an honest, conciliatory, like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But then just goes right back to being, like, an obnoxious, like, hey, <laughs> you want to you wanna get in here and uh, cut me in for half the half the whatever? Yeah. And we've seen him in Parks and Rec. We've seen him in After Party. It's Ben Schwartz. Oh, so good. Right? Yeah. Like, you just see him being the, just the, ooh, this fucking guy. Yeah. And he, like, he's also very, very charming. But he he doesn't have to turn that part on. Yeah. He's very good at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's my only, me personally, the challenge with Ben Schwartz is he's like, you know, sweet Jewish boy that I'm like, this is my kryptonite. So. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) But, but yeah. So I had, and I apologize because I cannot say his last name, but Barry Keoghan? Is that how you say his last name? Let's find out. (laughs) That guy. I 100% looked this guy up too. Yes. I mean, that is like... <laughs> yeah. That's also really good. And he also gets... He can just play a schmuckety kind of... Yes. Yeah, that's really good. That's also perfect. I'm perfectly happy to go with Barry Keoghan. Cool. And thank you for saying his name correctly. Keoghan? I, I don't know. <laughs> the important thing is I'm saying it with confidence. Yeah. That's, that's the key to everything, ain't it, Sam? Uh, if it's correct. <laughs> Did you have any other casting? I had one more, just like a fun. I had casting. the I had the random guy who they hitchhike with. Yes, and steals me all their too. Stuff. <laughs> That's exactly. Who because because it's the perfect time for stunt casting. Yes, he's in the movie for five minutes. Is super charming, and then the instant he has the opportunity to screw them over, takes, takes off, and off. you're just like. No, and he's just sitting there singing in the front seat of the car, and you're just like, okay, yeah, uh, cool. <laughs> and like, this is the most stunt castingest of things. I'm like, well, who would be the most? Who would love to do this? Yeah, have so much fun, and who everyone would just love to just all of a sudden you pull up, they get into the car, and you're just like, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> He's just there driving, singing his song, and then they're just like, he's like, I'm going to go in and grab some food. They get out of the car, and he's like, bye-bye. <laughs> he's in the movie for five minutes, one day of shooting, and that's it. And that's it. 
So Pedro Pascal is yours? That's what I was thinking. Who was yours? I had Fred Armisen. Oh, yeah. Same basic plan. Yeah. Watching the role, I was like, this is like the Fred Armisen character pre-Fred Armisen. Yeah, kind of. Because it was just so, you know, like, exactly what you said. Just a quirky character that comes in, does his thing. It's the sort of role that, were John Candy still with us, would be the John Candy role. Exactly. That's exactly it. So, So like, just the, the background comedy, which is Fred Armisen. And Pedro Pascal is not really background in comedy. So I'm perfectly happy to go with Fred Armisen. But. Yes. Like, like, can you imagine? Oh, my God. Like, it's also the sort of thing that um, John Hamm also, like, yes. loves doing in yes. movies. He's just like, what are you doing yeah. here? Do you have nothing How else? Get here? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I'm just. And it's like, he's literally playing John Hamm. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love doing this drive. It's the best. And you just stop and pick random people over. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I, I learned it from Bill Murray. No one's going to believe them. <laughs> I mean, Bill Murray would also be a great... Yeah. If, <laughs> anyway, if Bill yeah. Murray hadn't been canceled, yes, yes. then yes, yes. yes. But, like, <laughs> but, basically, yeah. yeah. Like, any of these people, it just needs to be... Like, honestly, I'm happy to go with Fred Armisen, and it's just Fred Armisen not being a character, just like, yeah, I'm Fred Armisen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I'm not making the... What was the Portland show called? Portlandia. Yes. I mean, that those Portlandia residuals aren't coming in as much as they as you no. thought they were anymore, and I'm like, eh. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not flying. It, it's great. And it's like, yeah. okay, okay, Fred Armisen. Did we just get robbed by Fred Armisen? I think we got, I'm going to go, I'm going to go beat up Fred Armisen. Yeah. Because he chases down the car. He chases, and he gets the car back. He That's does. What he gets the car. He the car he from the guy. Yeah. And you're just like, that guy wasn't going to, like, genuinely, I'm sad we don't have that scene, but I also think the movie's better for not having that scene. Yeah. Cause Agreed. Because, like, like, literally... It's like they, he could abandon them in any town. Yeah. And I would love it if he like peels off and takes off and they're just like, oh man. And he runs a red light and then just gets pulled over by some cop. <laughs> and he gets, because like you, dri- you drive through a small town and like, have you ever driven through one of those small towns where like the highway is like 50, 60, 70 miles an hour and the yeah. small town, 25 miles an hour? Yes. So like you have to slow down because the cops are ready to, because that's how the town that's makes its money. Yeah, exactly. And like, they're just in this town, he peels off and the cop's just like, nope. And, and uh, Peter Warren's like, great, I got him now. <laughs> And, the, and the, like, he, he tries to get away from the cop. The cop arrests him. And the cop's like, yeah, he's a, the cop's like, is this your car? Yes. <laughs> and then he just gets the car and they're good. <laughs> Fred Armisen. Great. So love it. So good. I love that we both, like, had that side character that you we were, like, you have side- to I, So it. I was literally on the print page screen for my notes. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Like one more. That's I, it. I, I would be I would be remiss. Yeah. And I didn't even know what the character's name is. I'm just like hitchhiking guy. I wrote that guy who steals their stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did you have anybody else? No, that's okay. for, for that's actors. me for actors as well. Cool. Yeah. So we have writer and we have director. Yes. Director was tough, but I feel good about my writer. So let me go first for writer okay. and then I'll have you go first for director. Okay. Or vice good. versa. Yeah. My writer, I wanted someone who Comedy, but also, like, has written about rich people. Mm-hmm. So she's been a writer on uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, on Boo Bitch, and on Emily in Paris. Uh, it's a writer named Aaron Ehrlich. Oh. It was kind of a little bit, it was also important for me because, like, again, Peter Warren's not the lead. Ellie Andrews is the lead. Yes. Kind of want a female writer. Yes, yes. And so, like, she is a writer and a director. Like, she's also directed episodes and, like, that sort of thing. And I, I think that it would be fun to have her... Write it, make sure we get female perspective, and then I have a different guy for director. Okay. I also had the same for writer. Great. I wanted comedy, female writer, and I went with Quinta Brunson. Oh, great. Yeah. 
For those who don't know, what has Quinta Brunson done? Abbott Elementary. Of course. She is the writer, creator, star of Abbott. Yeah, she, to me, just, like, has her pulse on comedy. You know, and I would also, I'm just going to throw this out there, I would like to co-write it with Quinta. And oh, I hope that she would I, be obliged, I, like... I, part of me was <laughs> expecting you to say your own name. Yes, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not, I, I will co-write, but I think yes. Quinta would, I would love you to see... You shall deign to work. Yeah. <laughs> Good, perfect. Yeah. I mean, we're executive producers on this. Obviously, this Obviously, is our idea. yeah. Who did you have for your, I embraced the wrong name. Who did you have for your director? So I, for my director, this was someone that I needed help with. So I'm going to give a hat tip to uh, Barry Rabinowitz, who was one of our Radford regulars. Amazing. Because I chatted with him and I was like, I have everything except for the director. Great. And he came up with Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> what? <laughs> Darren Aronofsky. Think about it. If we're going in this raunchy version of like (laughs) of all the names, (laughs) do you do you need a second? Is this where we should go to (laughs) commercial? (laughs) It's almost like you said David Lynch. Yeah, yeah. Which is my favorite director. So that would normally be the default. I would just be like, (laughs) let Lynch direct it. This would be. I feel like if uh, if it was. David Lynch directing this, the real emphasis would be it. Yes. It <laughs> happened one night. Exactly. It happened one night? What is it? But, like, here's the thing with Aronofsky, is, like, there's a, there's a romance in, you know, in a lot of stuff that he, he could do that, and I just, I don't know. It just caught me so off guard. <laughs> Who did you have for a director, Sam? So I have I have the obvious choice. Okay. Because, so I, I have an obvious choice, and then I have kind of like the one that like we love here on Ideal Remake. And like it's a directing team on Ideal Remake, but like or the, or it's a directing team because they're the ones who did Game Night, Honor Among Thieves, mm-hmm. and Spider-Man Homecoming. And that's John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Yes. Because you think of just like the really fun all, things that occur over like one night. Yes. That, like or one period of time like they're the guys they're the comedy guys right now that anyone outside of hollywood doesn't know their names but like they're the guys yes and i'm like for ideal remake that's basically the people who we would go with and then the the obvious hollywood choice of like this is who would actually be offered the job and would probably accept it like he's done remakes and repeats and he's been he's been the comedy guy forever and that's paul feig oh yes so Another great one. Yeah. So it's like my my heart for, especially because, like, because I love Game Night. I loved Honor Among Thieves. I mean, obviously I pulled a bunch of people for that. So did you. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's like I would push us towards John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. I also know that I've just used them a bunch. So I'm probably yeah. happy to go with whomever. I, I think that's a great one. And I think John Francis Daly, he was also in Freaks and Geeks, wasn't he? Wasn't he the... I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know stuff about things. <laughs> but, you know, the fact that he started as an actor, too, you know, I think is interesting in terms of, you know, framing this as Nepo Baby and... Oh, for sure. Yep, he sure was. Yeah. Played a character named I know, Sam. I know my thing. You really do. Yeah. Did you, have you never seen Freaks and Geeks? I have the DVD sitting right uh, there. Okay, thank I've God. Seen, <laughs> I've seen most of it. Okay, okay. And it was like a long time yeah. ago. He was the main... He's the main guy. He's the main geek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the Obviously geek. Obviously he is. And, yeah. he's, the, he's the short one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, th- 
of course. He would be great. Yes. Okay. So we'll do. So we'll do. King, uh, <laughs> Joel Garfinkel and uh, Kinta Brunson writing. Yes. And uh, John Francis <laughs> Daly, Jonathan Goldstein directing. Perfect. Cool. So then, l- let me take you through what we got. It happened one night, but for real this time. Uh, Ellie Andrews will be played by Selena Gomez. Peter Warren will be Sam Richardson. Alexander Andrews, the dad, will be Tony Shalhoub. King Wesley will be Pete Davidson. Oscar Shapley, Barry Keoghan. That guy who seals their stuff will be Fred Armisen. All this will be written by Joel Garfinkel and Kinta Brunson. And directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. That is It Happened One Night. Yay! This movie should never be remade, but if it is exactly this way, will you go see this movie? Uh, absolutely. Great. <laughs> But Joelle, thank you so much for being my guest for this episode. This was super fun. It was so much fun. Thank you for having me. For anyone who's listening, is there anything you would like them to do? Obviously, like, we can't promote shows. Yes. But, like, if you want people to follow you on social medias or sure. contribute to any particular funds. <laughs> yes. If, if, you know, you happen to be able to donate to a strike fund, we yeah. are still doing Green so- Envelope Grocery Aid. And all the information for that you can find on my Twitter, X, whatever it's called now, but Miss Joelle Garf. I'm also on Instagram, Joelle underscore Garfinkel. Spell Garfinkel just in case. Uh, G-A-R-F-I-N-K-E-L. Perfect. And uh, yeah, and it's been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me, Sam. You're very welcome. If anyone is interested in following me, I am on Blue Sky at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H. Or you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Ideal Remake. Or if if you want to tell us who you think the guy is who steals their stuff, Join the Dueling Genre Discord and chat with chat with me and any of most past guests there, and it'd be super fun. That's it for the episode. Again, thank you very much for being my guest. I will end this episode the same way I end all episodes. What is your favorite quote from the movie, It Happened One Night? Oh my god! <laughs> okay, well, I like wrote it down, so now I have to like... <laughs> uh, say, where'd you learn to dunk? In finishing school? <laughs> Oh, that's right. Because he's teaching her to to dunk donuts. He's mansplaining how to dunk donuts in a coffee. That's right. That's such a weird scene. Who gives a shit? Oh, my God. It's so good. Excellent choice. Done. Yay.